We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. Well, we got Justin and Adam on the call. And and Justin, I really, and Adam, I appreciate your time here tonight. We're going to be talking about something that we haven't talked a lot about, and that's raw land investing. And uh, I'm going to just start things off letting you introduce yourself, and we'll just go from there. Hey, thank you. It's It's great to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate the opportunity because not a lot of people talk about it in the REI niche, and that's fun for us. So my name's Justin Sleva, um, co-host with Adam on uh, Casual Friday's REI podcast. Uh, own a couple of companies that revolve around the land niche. Um, I've been personally doing this for about three and a half years with over 400 deals done. Adam? Yeah, so um, that was a whole lot quicker than I was, <laughs> I was still thinking over here. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam Southey. I've basically been in real estate for the last 15 years. I've done everything that there is to do. Um, I've been a household seller, a realtor, new construction, flipper, you name it, right? And I've never found the kind of success that I have with land. Because of that, I've been strictly, strictly land, uh, just probably a month longer than Justin, right at three and a half, almost coming up on four years now. And, uh, and it's been a journey. We started with some smaller land. We've moved into where we are today, what we call the Bass Boat Properties. And I'm sure we'll talk about it as we get going. Sure. So l- let's start there, Adam. You, you said you tried all natures of this thing we call real estate investing. Talk a little bit about your journey towards landing in land. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. I always knew I wanted to be in real estate. I think it's because when I was in college, is when all the shows about flipping homes really got popular. And I was like, I definitely got to do this. And so right out of school, I tried and somehow I ended up as a new home uh, construction. I worked for a real small company and Mm -hmm. I did that for a little bit. And I decided, well, I want to become a realtor. So I became a realtor. And then as a realtor, I wanted to start flipping houses. So I rehabbed some homes and sold them. And uh, everything was going really well. I was um, rehabbing homes, wholesaling homes, selling homes as a realtor. And then the, the bottom dropped out and I essentially... Mm-hmm. lost everything. I mean, when I'm flat broke and, uh, Justin at the time was a manager for a railroad and we, we've been friends for 20 years. And so I was talking to him saying, dude, I'm broke. I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, uh, I can get you a job on the railroad. You can be a conductor, help you get back on your feet. So I did that. And the whole time I was thinking about how to get back into real estate. Mm-hmm. And I found uh land investing from podcasts. And I heard where you could buy land for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And I sell it for three, four, three, five, ten times what it was worth. And uh, of course, I had to try it, right? So I did. I jumped out there. I did it. In my very first deal, I bought three properties. Uh, they were each two and a half par- two and a half acre parcels, and I bought them for two hundred fifty bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. And I sold them all for a thousand bucks a piece. At that point, I was hooked, right? Because I was oh. broke at the time, right? And so to buy seven and a half acres for seven hundred fifty bucks. It was amazing to me and especially for what I sold them for and then reinvest that money and keep growing. And it's just, and then learn that you can owner finance this stuff and, and then scale up into bigger properties. And that's just con- kind of continued the path that we've been on since I started just over three years ago. And, he, and Justin saw it happening too. And, and he got super excited. Yeah. So we were, 
he would send me, Hey dude, I got this five acres for 500 bucks. And, and when you, somebody tells you that you're like, if you can get me five acres for 500 bucks, I will buy all the five acres that you can bring to me. Mm-hmm. Because when you live in a city, you're not thinking the size is really that like five acres is huge compared to like a normal city lot. Right. Then at our, my first marketing campaign we sent out, I bought 21 properties and they range from the size of five acres to 40 acres. And I'm sitting here looking, I'm like, I own this thing. I think it was like 250 acres on my first like marketing push. Mm-hmm. Ended up making like 70 something thousand dollars off that. Held some in notes, held some as cash sales. And I'm like, dude, this is the sky's the limit. And then, like you said, I worked for a, a big Fortune 100 railroad and then went to a smaller one. And then I got that dreaded Friday call that says, hey, you, you no longer need it anymore. And so mm-hmm. I just started this new real estate gig. And I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like, sitting at the house on the back porch, like, what, what can I do now? And I was like, you know what? I've got enough money to live. I can set aside to live for six months. I'm just going to go for it and go full time and right. see what happens. And that was three and a half years ago and still doing it full time. Spun off two other companies that all do the real estate niche and just keep growing it day after day. Sure. Well, so let's talk a little bit about your marketing. You said you, said you do the marketing and, you know, we, uh, I wonder, is it similar to the way we buy single family homes? I mean, do you just, you send out yellow letters or how do, how do you find this land? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. We talk about bass boat properties and you've heard Adam already mention it once. We like properties that look like somebody that's going to go out and buy the Harley, the RV, the, the uh, bass boat that's 30 to $40,000 in value. Mm-hmm. And we go out and we offer about 30% on that. So we're going to offer somebody that's had properties worth 30 to 45,000, offer them 10 to 15 grand for it. So every time we do one of those deals, we've got a huge amount of margin in there. Whether we right. decide to hold the note and say, Hey, give us 30% down. Great. We've got a note, no risk in it. And we're cash flowing on that at a really good percentage rate or we make cash and it makes it worth our while. So we go out and we take the county assessor data. We have data, a data company set up that will allow us to build our own list. And we teach people how to do it, but we build our own list for counties. We go out and send that land that matches that market value that we're looking for. And we send to everybody in that county that matches that. And then we get that property back and we list it, run it through title, list it with a land agent, and then it sells that away. Yeah, hmm. so it, it is mail, just like you said, yep. but, but we don't do the yellow postcard. So that's kind of what makes us different is that we will pick a county and we will mail every single person in that county an offer. It's a legit offer. They yep. can, it says, we know your prop, we, we want to buy your property for X amount of dollars. It's got to meet these conditions. If you want to sell it, sign this and mail it back to us, or you can call us and talk to us. Yep. Hmm. And um, so they know right up at the front what we're willing to pay, mm-hmm. which takes out the negotiation. Nobody's really sending blind offers, um, especially in the housing market we're at. I mean, people are starting to do it, but it's, you'd be, you'd probably be in the 1% of people doing yeah, it if you we, did that. We started mm-hmm. doing it in the DFW market a couple of years ago and saw some success with doing that. But then you got to put your hands on it with the raw land. We can look at it on a satellite and go back in time to like Google Earth and see for the last 15 years what that property has done. So we know if it's been in fire, if it's flooded, you know, different times of year, what the trees look like. Are they evergreen trees? Are they going to lose all their leaves? Has it been timbered? You know, how the roads, if they're dirt, look into it. Are they maintained and things like that? So we can leverage the technology against, our, against those properties that we sent out the blind offers to. Sure. The craziest so, things, the no, craziest things when, you send, when you send one of these blind offers, especially your first time, and you make these offers, you know that they're at the, probably the max around 30, 35% of value. Sometimes they're as low as 10 if you mess up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the pricing a little wrong. But the craziest thing is when someone doesn't call you, they don't do anything. They just sign it and they mail it right back to you. And that's what happened to me on my first one. I was talking about these two and a half acre parcels. The lady just signed them. She sent a letter, a little handwritten note with them. I was like, I'm so thankful that you, uh, 
want to buy these because I've had them forever. I didn't know what I was going to do with them. Mm -hmm. And I called her back. I was nervous as could be because mm -hmm. this is my first deal. I didn't really know what to do. And my whole phone call might have lasted 30 seconds because I just wanted to verify that it was true. And that was it. You send a notary out, you close it, you buy it. There was no negotiation. I'm not competing with every other house investor. There's not a hundred postcards. It's not just a postcard, which opens up the negotiation of going back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, it's great. It works. I mean, that's how we do it every time. Mm -hmm. hmm. So you, you said you, you check the satellites and it, you know, all of this technology is, is really enabling you to do this type of thing. Um, so when you pull these lists from the counties, like mm -hmm. talk about that process. Like you, you actually physically take a look at all of this land information, the satellite images, or is there a lot of automation or something involved there? So when we do that, we'll say we're shopping a certain county. So let's just, I'm going to call it Tarrant County, Texas, where we're at right now. So mm -hmm. we say Tarrant County, Texas, we pull up that and we put that into the, the uh, software. And we, in this software, we have a, an access rate for people that want to get it. So they want to build their own list, but it's through a first American company. We say, hey, we want every property that's vacant between 10 acres and 100 acres in, in Tarrant County, Texas. Mm -hmm. And then it spits out everybody's name, all their mailing address, their information to us, everything the county assessor has on that piece of property. I think it's 197 fields. Mm -hmm. And then we can sort and manipulate through that. We look for good addresses, make sure it's there. Um, you know, if you don't want to send to a corporation, your LLCs, you can pull those out. If you only want to send a trust, you can adjust that. But we try to send to everybody or the, the most people we can in that county. And we know what we think the market value for raw land is there mm -hmm. uh, by, the, by our research, but looking at the different listings and things like that. And then we send a percentage of that just to see what we can get back. Yeah. So, so what you're talking about with the looking at it on maps and whatnot, that's, the, that's a secondary part. So we take the entire sure. list and then mail it without even looking at the properties. Mm -hmm. And then when the people respond and say, yes, we want to sell, then we do the due diligence. Exactly. Right. Sure. So, so that's see, part of that. It has to meet these certain criteria for yep, this right. offer to be legit yeah okay. so let's say we send out at least for me and my business i know if i send out 1500 mailers i'm gonna buy between four and seven it just works like clockwork like that way so mm -hmm. instead of looking up 1500 properties up front i'll take those 50 60 phone calls and letters i get back and do the due diligence on those and then only buy the best ones mm -hmm. okay so, take so that's, a, that's a pretty good response rate if you're sending out 1500 mailings and you're getting four to seven like accepted I mean, it's four to seven that you accept that you say, Hey, I'm going to buy not four oh. to seven that are accepted by the people. Yeah. Oh. Cause you're going to get land. You'll get deals back all the time that are landlocked or there's title issues or there's something you just don't, you don't want to deal with it. What's or, the response rate do you think is if that's oh. the case? Uh, I, so I think um, if you're below 3%, you probably offered too little. If you're above 5%, you probably offered too more, too much. Hmm. Okay. So, but the, the real diff thing here is you're not competing with, 100, 200, 300 people for in one zip code or what, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Sure. So do you, do you leave a phone number and stuff on these offers too? So they can give you a call. How many people yeah, do we'll you put, call? You know, I, I take phone calls all day long and then I get my highest response rate is to tell me to go to, you know, <laughs> we get plenty of that. Trust yeah, me. So we set up a company, the company's named Pat live. Uh, we, we have some, oh, yeah, we up use with, Pat live too. Yeah. And so they, what they do is we have a script for them. So when they answer that script, it, it comes to our, our email. So you know the, the process. So they call them, they follow our script, they answer the questions. We can look at it and know if the person's going to tell us to go screw ourselves, not calling them back. But if they say, yes, I want to sell, or I don't want to sell at that price, but I will sell at this price. Now we have a deal to go look at and we go, 
run through the due diligence like Adam says, you know, the checklist, does it have access? Does the title look good? Is the person on the title the one actually calling us? Do they, does it have the value that we think it has? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If I, if I had to answer the phone calls, I wouldn't do this business no. <laughs> because when someone thinks they've, when someone's got a property that they think is worth 50,000 and you offer them 10,000, you know, they're calling screaming. Right. And yeah, yeah. I, if I had to answer that phone, I'd be done. I'd, I'd be finding something else to do. It's not for me, but that's why Pat live is, has it's been, a, it's been invaluable for us. For us. Yeah. So, we, you uh, know, I, I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm the one who asked for that punishment. I will return those people's phone calls, even if they leave me an angry one. You're too uh, nice. Not, yeah. Wow. And, uh, well, I've, I've gotten deals that way. Yeah. Uh, because, I hear you. Because, I mean, definitely because there's deals. a, uh, say again, people definitely get deals calling those people back. So yeah. good for you. That's not for me. <laughs> I can't handle it. I, the, the social well, media. What, what's funny is that there's been a couple of times now where, you know, I've called the people back and they realize I'm local mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, you, you start chatting them up a little bit. And next thing you know, they're telling me a house down the, down the street for them, from them or something. Yeah. You know, so yeah, my, my mental sanity could not handle that. You're a braver man than me. Yeah. I was about to say you are brave because especially in the same city, it's not too hard to find you. I know Justin, <laughs> he did a house mailer in his city and I think people, his name got no, well known, right? Yeah. I did a multifamily in my in mailer in my city where I did a blind offers on multifamily. Oh and really? I did, a, I did a letter of intent that had a blind offer against it and I had a guy, and I answered those live because I was like, oh, these are commercial guys. They're going to be a lot more respectful right. than, you know, Joe Blow that owns their home or Joe Blow that has their, uh, their land. And I was at the gym one day, and this guy calls and cusses me out for a good, it's a good six or seven minutes, and I'm taking it. And finally, I go, you do realize we live in the same town. We're in the same industry. Our paths are probably going to cross, and you probably shouldn't talk to somebody like you've been talking to me. And I didn't realize I had my headphones on. I'm at the gym. And everybody in the gym had turned around because I was yelling back at him. And it just, it was not a good situation. It was over a set of quadplexes that I think I offered him 220,000. They would have been on a tax roll for like 250 or 260. Mm-hmm. And he told me they're a million dollar property. And so, yeah, we, we were a little bit far off. Yeah. Well, we've, we've gotten a, you know, we have a, uh, our post office boxes at a UPS store. Mm-hmm. It's kind of common because you get a street address and at the UPS store. Yep. Well, we've had um, my business partners gone to the store and there's somebody waiting for him to chew him out in person. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah my, first, uh, <laughs> my first six months, I used my home address as my address on there. Oh. I, was like, yeah, I don't want to go to the store to pick up my mail. And then I sent a house mailer out that was local in my, uh, my attorney goes, you do realize that this this is going to be local. So these people just drive over your house if they're mad. I was like, okay, PO box that day. I left there. <laughs> Got a PO box that day. Yeah. That was one, it's one of the better moves. Um, yep. So, you know, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here right now, but since you teach other people how to do this, mm-hmm. um, I'm guessing that you basically really have kind of a, a step-by-step process that's kind of laid out. Do you have something that you could share at kind of a, at a high level? kind of a summary of, of how somebody would go about doing this? Sure. Yeah. There's what we call about seven steps, mm-hmm. right? And they, if everyone kind of follows the same thing and it essentially starts off the very first part is picking and pricing a county. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. probably where most people want to get hung up the most or they put the most thought into or they get in their own way is because, well, there's a ton of counties and a ton of different, you know, you got to know how to price it. Right. And so that's our main focus of our, the very beginning focus of our course is how to pick and price that county. Yeah. And especially, you know, a lot can, a lot has to do with that with how much money you want to spend too. That's Mm -hmm. the great thing about land is you can do this at 
you know, like I told you, I bought my first two and a half acres for 250 bucks. And now we're doing deals where you buy for 10, sell for 30, buy for 30, sell for 60, 70, mm-hmm. it moves up and down. And so we really try and focus in on picking a pricing accounting. Yeah. The great thing is, and one of the other things you talked about getting into this so cheaply, we, we have a book, it's coffee, money, real estate investing. And it's a 21 page book. It teaches you how to buy property for 50 bucks from the state of Arkansas and turn around and sell it on eBay for five, $600. So it's a perfect side hustle for that new real estate investor that doesn't want to get started for very much money. Mm-hmm. It's in our course, but we offer it's on Amazon. Um, but what it does is it, it, it's a perfect side hustle. So on Sunday you pick out five properties, right? And you spend 250 bucks on them from the state of Arkansas. And then once you get them back in after the 60 days it takes to get through the process, you get them back and now you have five deeds that you have 250 bucks in. And then you list them every four or five days on eBay. And when the people buy them, they buy them no reserve and you put a $400 doc fee in it. So that $400 doc fee is offsetting your cost and whatever this thing sells for. So say it sells for 150 bucks plus the $400 doc fee. Now you're $550 and you're selling it to them. You're deeding the property straight to them, have it recorded and you're netting $400 at the end of the day. Do that every four or five days. It's the perfect way to get started really cheaply. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had a ton of success with that. People in our private Facebook group have had a ton of success with it. We're, we're averaging about five deals a day being done like that through our Facebook group. Hmm. Yeah, we have, one, we have one guy who's done literally done 385 deals that he's bought straight from the state like that. And so we tell everyone Arkansas because they make it the easiest. Mm-hmm. You can literally go onto Arkansas's website right now, like literally right now, and you can look at what's available and you can just print off. If you know, you know how to do your due diligence, uh, right? You can just hit the print button and you send in your form and you buy the property. Yep. Hmm. So, but picking price in county, starting off with what he's had, once you send that back, you're fielding those calls and you're doing the due diligence. Now you mentioned due diligence. We have a checklist that we say, okay, hey, here are the things we want you to check for before you go and close that. And then we say you can go to title or you can do a notary close. So there's two different ways you can close it, self-close or go through title. I recommend going through title almost everything because you'll see some stuff pop up back in the past that you may miss in a quick title search. And from then it's marketing your property. How do you want to market it? Do you want to list it with an agent or a land agent that specializes in that area? Or do you want to do it yourself and buy all the listing platforms to do it? There's guys that just use Craigslist and Facebook and do extremely well. And there's guys that enlist land agents in every one of these markets. Like you wouldn't a traditional buy and flip for a house, you know, hire Mm -hmm. my agent and work through that. So um, going from there, your next step. Yeah. So walking through that again, picking pricing a county, doing your due diligence, closing on it, marketing it, and just closing it on the other end. I mean, you're, it, mm-hmm. we teach you how to do it the simplest ways where you hire the pros, like you uh, hire, hire a title company to close it for you, do the due diligence, then you hire a realtor to sell it. But, um, but we also teach you how to do it the other way too, because we teach you how to close it yourself. We teach you how to market it yourself, teach you how to automate things. I mean, that's kind of like our deal, right? Is show you mm-hmm. every way and let you pick it because what works for me may not work for Justin the other way around. Cause I sell almost 90% of my properties on Craigslist mm-hmm. and he sells mm-hmm. almost all of his through a realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on what you're most comfortable with and what you like to work. Sure. So, you know, what, what's really intriguing about this for me is, is uh, that you don't have to do any of the repairs and everything that comes along with, real estate, traditional real estate investing. I mean, typically we have stuck and we've been doing this for a number of years now, the single family home to the multifamilies. Um, and uh, it just takes one winter and a boiler going out. And the next thing you know, uh, there goes the cash flow for the yep. year. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's what really makes this great too, is when you own or finance the land. Let's just say you bought a, I don't know, a 10 acre property for a thousand bucks and you sell it for a thousand dollars down and then 200 bucks a month for the next five, six, seven years, whatever it is. Well, it's an owner finance deal and you got all your money back up front and then nothing's going to go wrong, right? There's no, like you just, you said, no water heater, no roof, no, no bad tenant, no nothing. It's just cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So um, when you set that type of thing up, are you typically gunning for the, the thought that you're going to re- recoup on all of your sunken cash as your down payment? Is that typically what you're trying to go for get there? Yeah, and that's that's a it's a great question. And everybody's thought process is out on a little bit different. Mine is yes, because if I'm gonna act as a bank, I'm gonna set my terms. And since we're buying it at a third or you know, twenty-five to a third percent, it's not uncommon to ask for twenty or thirty percent down from a bank. Hey, it's raw land, we're gonna loan up to fifty percent of loan to value, or we're gonna do this. So you're not asking anything more than what a bank would. You're charging them a little bit more on interest, and then we charge them a service charge, which is typically a point or two. Um, to process the loan for them and keep it going. So it, it becomes very advantageous for you and low sure. risk at that time for you. Right. So do you typically sell to like the end, like farmers or developers or who are you selling to? Or is there like a, a or, you know, I, I understand yeah. you're posting on Craigslist and Facebook and you're even listing through a realtor, but are there actual targeted buyers of your land? Yeah. Anybody wants a piece of dirt out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so with, when we talk about the bass boat property, we say that because a, the value is about the same, but the idea behind a boat an RV, the, the motorcycle, the Harley Davidson is the freedom that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And people like the idea of having a cabin property, uh, whether it's in the, if it's got the woods, it's got the, the mountains in the background, there's some recreational piece to it. You know, if I told you today that I could sell you 20 acres for Five, uh, for 10,000 bucks in the mountains of Oklahoma and you could go out there and have a cabin and spend time with your kids and it was within three hours of your house, you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, for 10 grand, the memories for that with, with your daughter, as you mentioned, you had a daughter, you know, with your daughter are going to be, you know, second to none. You and your wife go out there, you'll hang out, mm-hmm. watch the, watch everything like fire, campfire and stuff. So you're selling that dream to those people, and whether sure. it's a hunter, sometimes it's the neighbor that didn't know the property was even for sale or they don't know the, the person that owned it. And you brought it back to the market. So we typically reach out to the neighbor first. And then we go to the market in the general area that's within about two and a half hours or 200 miles from the, from the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got my, my mind uh, swimming here a little bit. Because, you know, based on where I'm located, I, I told you I'm near Fargo, North Dakota. But mm-hmm. we are, we're on the river that separates Minnesota and North Dakota. I, mean, I actually live in Minnesota. Okay. And we have a lot of lake property. Mm-hmm. And we have never tackled that lake property because, uh, frankly, value is all over the place. Yeah. Like from one lake to another, and they could be just right next to each other. Um, yeah, but the- I've never thought about just focusing on the land versus yeah. something with a cabin or something on. Yeah. The cool thing about one of the, the softwares we use to get our data, you could literally, it looks like Google Earth, you could circle that lake. And it would even give you a value of what they think it was worth. And really? you could work off that. And you could check it against the comps that were out there. And we walk people through how to isolate areas and check your comps, how to pull that data and pull from that and actually make it all go together. And that's one so, of the things that really allows our businesses to be successful because I can say, hey, I want to buy mountain properties in, say, Tennessee. I can circle every mountain range in Tennessee and pull that data that says, hey, 10 acres to 100 acres, 
around the mountains in Tennessee and I could just have that drawn on a map for myself. Hmm. Is this like software that you developed or is it? No, something- it's, it's, it's a third party vendor that we have a, a, an affiliate affiliation with. We've signed okay. a contract with them to, to be a provider for people. Sure. Yeah, that's one of the great things about, at least in our niche, is that it's very techy, right? So you could literally learn how to buy those lake lots near where your home is. But then because of the technology, you're only limited to your imagination. You can become the lake lot guy in the United States, right? You can go anywhere, any county, any state and just focus on lake lots. And because of things like Google Earth, which is free, and then because of other like GIS software, which is extremely cheap Mm -hmm. on a monthly basis, right? We're talking like 30 to 70 bucks a month for a really Mm -hmm. quality one. And um, you can see everything you need to see to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So let's let's change the topic here just a little bit because I also understand that you we are like minded when it comes to real estate and the concept of it being a get rich quick scheme. <laughs> Meaning it's not. It's not, is it? No. And no, that's unfortunately the- that that's being fed to a lot of people, and we yeah. we get a lot of. I know we're kind of a lot of people think we're in the middle of nowhere being Fargo, but we sure get a lot of gurus through town really. Yeah spitting that that snake selling that snake oil yeah yeah i had a had a guy reach out to me two days ago and he'd he's been sell he was a teacher quit teaching started selling roofs you know the roof salesmen they're always making big money especially in texas with the hailstorms. and he's yeah, like man sure. i heard your podcast i wanted to talk to you i felt like i should get this land deal to try and i was like okay well he's like i'm trying to decide if i want to go back to work or do this and so i'm like well how can you survive till march and he's like well it's november i was like realistically, if we send out a marketing campaign for you this week, you hit everything right, you close on the property and you have the money to do it. If not, use a private funding company like a plum investment group and you get it listed and sold, it's going to be March till you're paid by our typical average turn times. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, okay. And I said, you're going to make a good profit, but you're having to pay yourself back for that money that you spent holding it. So you're exactly right. Is it, hey, no money. I'm going to make all this money, Lambos and Rollies and things like that. It's, it's not like that. No, you, you scale and every dollar you put back to work for you, just keep growing that, that, I guess the nut, if you will, for your, for your, if you're a squirrel getting ready for winter. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to even say though, that part of, part of what I've been trying to do and trying to stay on top of is I got to constantly be feeding myself with positivity and, and being and push forward. Mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a limit, especially when it comes to uh, if it's, if it sounds too good to be true, it likely is. Yeah. yeah I think you really hit it on the head there when you're like, you got to stay, you know, with, with motivation stuff and you got to stay focused and stay positive. Cause that's the, I think what separates people is pushing forward, you know, it's cause you don't make the hundred thousand dollars in the first three months and get to quit your job. And that's mm-hmm. when people give up, yeah. right? right? You don't keep your eye on the long-term goal. And if it takes you two, three, five years to get there, as long as you don't give up and you keep trying, you keep focusing, you keep learning and growing, you will get there. And then you get to live the life that you really wanted. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? Like, you know, this, this raw land concept is very in, interesting and intriguing. Why don't you think it's more popular? Is, is it because the, there's too many HGTV shows going on? <laughs> I, I personally do. I You're never, it's not sexy. You're not going to yeah. see a house. You're not going to see a land flipping show because the reality is it's us sitting in our office. Yeah. Justin and I have been friends for 20 years. So we get to like, 
we live near close enough together. We get to hang out and bounce ideas back and forth, but not everyone has that. And so you get bored, get lonely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if you're not out there swinging a hammer, you, so you don't really feel like you're doing anything. You know, if you're doing it right though, you're cashing checks. I yeah. mean, it just takes a while to build up and they may not be huge, but just keep going. So the beginning of the year, I flipped two houses just because I felt like I needed to flip a house this year. So, and I GC'd it and they mm-hmm. were in our area. So why doing that, my land business is still working and I, I flip 25 pieces of land in a time that told me to sell it, to buy the two houses and flip the two houses. Mm-hmm. And it took, they were both less than 90 day flips, but I'd done 25 other deals like that during that time that made more money than just the two house flips. And I did okay on the houses. I think one was like, they were two, average 25,000 profit each one for a hundred thousand dollar houses. So I mean, it made 25%, but on the land deals, I was churning that money, making a hundred to 150% on my money with not even having to be there, not having to argue with a contractor because he's late or a guy put the wrong color on the, on the, uh, the trim and you know, you're arguing or the doors just didn't fit right when the guy left because you didn't check it before he left. So, you know, little things like that, that just add into it. And Adam, you know, said it, that it's not sexy. I mean, that's why I buy certain type of properties that are like these wooded cabin properties that are attractive when you take pictures of them. But you know, that piece of it for me, sure. How I try to make it a little bit sexier. I think there's this uh, misnomer too, that it's land. Who's going to really buy it. If you're marketing it properly, which is what we teach because marketing is everything. There is a line of buyers out there. People are buying. I mean, I, you'd be amazed at the type of buyers we have. You know, I have truckers that just want to own land um, along their routes. There's people who collect land. There's, I mean, I can't, I can't even get into all the people that type of that buy it. And this stuff sells quicker than you would imagine. I mean, mm-hmm. to have a property on the market for one day is not uncommon. Yeah. And if, um, I would say probably 30 to 45 days is average. June. Yeah. Mine's a little, well, closing, you add an extra 30 days on the yeah. back end, but from, Putting on the market to contract, yeah, it's about 35 to 40 days. Really? Yeah. So have you ever been like stuck with the property? Like you don't know what to do with it? You Now you've been sitting on it for a few years and... Oh, no, 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 no. no I've, the longest one I've ever had, I, I just cleared it off and it was just under a year. Um, mm-hmm. But it had snow. It was in Washington State and it had six foot of snow going to it. Mm-hmm. Then when we got the, we got a lumber guy or a timber guy up there to look at it. He does our timber cruise, tells us, oh, it's got like $60,000 in timber on it. We're like, oh, great, you know. Then the GIS map for the county moved it. And so then it was like, oh, you know, you get a survey. The old survey is from 1952 so we can find the pens and everything. So we ended up selling it and we made 25% on our money. So that was a, our longest one, but it was a loss in our opinion because it wasn't as, it didn't make as much money as we normally do. Sure. Yeah, sure. and we buy these things at such a cheap price that there's always an out. I literally just yesterday sold a 10-acre. I had it. I bought it in October of 18. I did basically zero marketing on it because it was just a, I don't know, really wasn't the type of land I buy anymore. It was just a good price. I did just put it on one website. It took two months to sell on a note. This guy paid me for four months, I think. And then he decided, he called me. He literally called me and said, I don't want this anymore. I don't know why I bought it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So he canceled his contract. I didn't have to give him his money back. I did nothing else with it. I, literally, I just put it right back up on that one website. And, uh, I just sat on it, kind of forgot about it. And I was like, oh, I should get rid of this. I saw someone on Facebook that was looking for a wholesale deal. And so I just wholesaled it to them. And because we buy them right, there's always a way to get out of them. And or even if it's just wholesaling to another land investor. Sure. And what I also think that it's interesting is that um, you just mentioned that 
you're buying property in a variety of states. You've mentioned mm -hmm. Arkansas once. Yep. Was it Washington? Yeah, I've, we've bought in, I've bought in 35 states yeah. in the last two years. Really? Yep. I just closed yeah. a deal. Like this month, I'm closing on sales that we're selling. Wisconsin, Washington, two in Arkansas, Alabama, New York, and um, oh, where's the other one? Texas. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest... Uh, maybe uh, misnomer or mistakes newbies make because they want to buy, they think they need to buy right near where they live or within two hours of where they live when that couldn't be further, farthest from the truth. You can buy anywhere. I live, hmm. we live in Texas. My first deal was in uh, Arizona. Now I own land in Arizona, California, Oregon, New Mexico, Colorado. But I probably will never buy land where we live because it's just not what we're looking for. I actually hmm. just sent a mailer out within two hours. That's the closest I've ever bought land to us. Uh, just really? sent one out. They just went to the mail yesterday. So hmm. we'll see how it does. Yeah. So, well, I know I'm kind of coming up on your time and, 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 uh, but I did want to end with a, with one thing that I always ask everybody, was there a question that you wish I would have asked? Hmm. <laughs> you got us. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think you, you asked a bunch of great questions and it leads in the fact that if somebody's interested, they can find us and, and we can talk about it. Listen to our podcast, which is Casual Fridays, REI. We're 140 episodes in. So we've got a lot of content out there for people. And right. my, my biggest piece of advice for somebody that's thinking about the land niche is do exactly what they're doing. Listen to your show. Consume as much free content as you can mm -hmm. and, and start to get the different vibes from different groups that are out there. And there's so much information, like Adam said, with the technology out there, you can literally almost learn this business from a different couple of different perspectives for free using the free content out there. Then dial it in from there. Um, right. So to, to answer your question, that would be the, the one question that what our biggest piece of advice would be is to do that and understand, like you said, it's not a get rich quick scheme. This is, you're learning a tactical skill that's going to stay with you for the rest of your life and create wealth for your family. Well, I can't think that we're, we're there's no way we're going to end it on a better note than that. I really, really appreciate your time. Make sure you check out their podcast. I will make sure to include those in the show notes with every and all corresponding links. Um, really appreciate your time and, and tolerating all my questions because I have a feeling we could have chatted a lot longer. So oh, yeah, thanks. We appreciate and, you having us. And uh, I hope we can do it again. Yes, sir. Yeah, Thank all you. Right. Sounds good. Thank you. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. 
tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice. <laughs>